0: At this dinner, um, the president is usually asked to make a few remarks about Thanksgiving. I'll do that, and then I'll call up Chris uh for a brief performance. As I uh, thought about Thanksgiving remarks, I mean, I'm aware that there, we celebrate Thanksgiving, obviously, in the United States and in Canada, in South America, in Africa, in several parts of Europe, including Britain and in Germany, even in Japan, and almost all those different cultural um, Thanksgiving celebrations have a religious element, so I thought I would uh, focus on that, but then I thought about Mr. Shields, and uh, I thought I'd try to honor him by making my remarks focused on scripture. Um, I'm sure that they would not meet his standard, but it's, it's the thought that counts. In the book of Genesis, we read about the brothers Jacob and Esau. It looks like Jacob steals Esau's birthright and then deceives his father into giving him the firstborn's blessing. Esau's reaction might be understandable. Quote, Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. End of quote. Esau hated him so much that he plotted to kill Jacob. And so Jacob fled to the land of Laban, the land of his mother's brother. After almost 20 years, he is forced to flee the land of Laban because his life is again threatened, this time by Laban's family. He plans to return home, but he fears Esau's reaction. His fear grows when he learns that Esau is approaching him with 400 men. And that's where I want to take up the story. Jacob cries out to God, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who did say to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which thou hast shown to thy servant. Now, Cardinal Newman once gave a sermon which began by citing these words of Jacob. He points out that Jacob has recognized two things in this passage. One, he acknowledges his unworthiness of God's steadfast love and two, he knows that he has received many blessings in the past. According to Newman, acknowledging these two things prepares Jacob for proper gratitude to God. In fact, Newman goes further. Just as Abraham is our model of faith, so Jacob is a model of gratitude. As Cardinal Newman puts it, The spirit of humble thankfulness for past mercies, which Jacob's words imply, is a grace to which we are especially called. Jacob has come to realize that he's not deserving of all the good things that God has given him. He looked back on those past blessings and marveled at the contrast between what he was in himself and what God had been to him. Newman argues that these two movements of the soul, recognizing one's unworthiness, while at the same time acknowledging the goods that one has received, should cause the believer, and most of all the Christian, to respond with gratitude. A comparison of Jacob and Abraham Might elucidate more how Jacob is a model of gratitude. As St. Paul puts it, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And later, so you see that it is men of faith who are sons of Abraham. Abraham is the pattern of faith, he could realize and make present to himself things unseen. He followed God in the dark, as promptly, as firmly, as if he were in broad daylight. Newman suggests that the faith in which Abraham excelled was not Jacob's characteristic excellence. He does not mean by that that Jacob did not have faith. In fact, Newman agrees with St. Augustine that Jacob is acting without guile, in the incident of the birthright. Although Newman goes further, Newman argues that Jacob's buying of the birthright from Esau and gaining the blessing from Isaac were proofs of faith. But Jacob's faith is imperfect. Jacob is revealed as having anxiety and fear about what is to come. One sees that in his plea to God. Quote, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. End of quote. So Abraham's distinguishing grace is faith, but Jacob falls short of faith in the passage just quoted. However, Jacob is a model for gratitude. Newman puts it this way. Abraham appears ever to have been looking forward in hope. Jacob looking back in memory. The one rejoicing in the future, the other in the past. The one making his way towards the promises, the other musing over their fulfillment. What then does Jacob teach us? If we look to the good things we have received, if we reflect that we are not worthy of those things because they have been given to us, not earned by us, then we must give thanks. It is obvious that piety towards our parents and our country is a virtue. Without parents, we would not have life or any of the blessings consequent on life without prudent founding fathers, we would not have the blessings of liberty and many common goods. Of course, all the blessings we receive from parents and country are ultimately due to God. None of them are principally due to ourselves. To fail to recognize that, to fail to have the appropriate love from the source of our blessings, leads to presumption. St. Thomas says that we fail to be grateful not usually by excess, but by defect. One can fail to be temperate by eating too little, but usually the failure is to excess. But with gratitude, we do not fail by being excessive, but by defect. St. Thomas continues, the first degree of ingratitude is when a man fails to give return for a favor. The second, when he declines to indicate that he has received a favor. While the third is when a man fails to recognize the reception of a favor. It is this last defect, the failure to recognize that one has received a blessing that is the greatest act of ingratitude. It can come over us when we compare the goods that we have received with others. Because others have been more blessed than we have, we might fail to recognize the favors we have received. I think that fault is manifested in the parable of the householder who hires laborers throughout the day, only to have those who were first hired complain about the wages They agreed to earlier because they see the householder's kindness to those hired late, and they resent it. If we see the good that we have received as something we deserve, and due to our efforts, we will be in danger of presumption. Further, if the consideration of justice is the principal way we relate to our benefactors, and especially to God, we would have to forfeit any claim for what is our due. With God, we should not ask for what we deserve. But if we accept the good received as a mercy, then we will not be presumptuous, but grateful. And that is how Jacob serves as a model for us. One way to acquire the virtue of gratitude then is, as Newman puts it, To gain a truer truer view of what we are and where we are in God's kingdom. Let us thankfully commemorate the many mercies he has vouchsafed to us in the past. So let us recommit today to be thankful, thankful for all that we have received. To quote the prophet Isaiah, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord praise of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us and the great goodness to the house of Israel which he has granted them according to his mercy according to the abundance of his steadfast love thank you for your attention